Hello everyone, this is Jenny Whittington, Ermia's Executive Director, and welcome to another edition of Ermia Matters, our new podcast. So with me today, I have three uh, members of our leadership team. I have Courtney Davis Curtis from University of Chicago. She is our president-elect right now. I have Luke Figora from Northwestern University. And then I have Chauncey Fagler from the Florida Consortium. So welcome everyone to our podcast. Thrilled we can be here today. And our subject today is the hardening insurance market. I know the three of you were uh, kind of involved in the article that we just recently published in Ermia Insights, our electronic newsletter. So I just wanted you guys to highlight some of the um, areas of concern, any tips for our members. So why don't I kick it off with Courtney? Um, Why don't you start at the top and then we'll just make this a very organic conversation. Sounds good. Thank you. You know, this is a very interesting market, um, especially after going through the last renewal cycle. And I think we're looking and anticipating some of the same coming up for the next year. And so I think it's critically important that knowing that we're already in this position, that us as risk managers start to think and plan ahead. And in that same conjunction, it's really important for us to communicate and communicate often um, with our leadership team, as well as uh, our peers and counterparts across the enterprise we work with with so that everyone is prepared to know what to expect, whether we're talking about the budgetary process, the renewal application process, because it can require a lot of time and energy from others outside of the risk management world. Very good. Uh, Luke, why don't you talk about your own experience with it? Yeah, I think so far, Northwestern's experience has been relatively tame. But I think, as as Courtney was saying, we've tried to take an eye towards the future and what might be next. So I I really do echo her comment around communication. I think for many of our members, this will be the first time they've had to give challenging messages uh, to campus leaders. And so thinking through how to best set themselves up for success in those conversations will be really, I think, an important step uh, as as this potentially continues to get worse. So when you say challenging, or will you be more specific? Is it dollars and cents we're talking about, or is it more complicated than that? I think it varies. I think dollars and cents is one piece of it. But I think for many of us, that actually comes second uh, behind just can you buy the breadth of coverage that you're looking for? Um, you know, Can you protect yourself against all the risks that you'd ideally like to transfer out to the markets? Over the last handful of years, that hasn't been a hard challenge for most of us, I think. Um, but I think we're seeing while price is moving, terms and conditions are also kind of following alongside that. Okay. And um, just to give everybody a little bit of a demographic, I mean, you two are both with, shall we say, private institutions. And so Chauncey, why don't you get in here and talk about your experience and tell a little bit about your college system? Okay. Well, we're basically a two-year system in the state of Florida. All the publicly uh, funded community colleges are in the system. There's 28 of them. Um, Basically, we cover, you know, from Pensacola to Key West, and um, you know, you had asked earlier about the what we're seeing uh, specifically in the market, and as we get ready for our renewal this year, and having two hurricanes the last two years, uh, we're you know potentially going to see 30 to 60 percent increases just on our property premiums. So we're uh, gearing up for that, and as the colleagues have already mentioned here, communication is very important. I've already been in front of the council presidents and given them the heads up on that, and it was sort of a deer in the headlights. Look, I got back when I told them 30 to 60 percent increases. So, uh, um, but it's important to have that that opportunity to uh, communicate and uh, get in front of your group that way. So, 
Yeah, that's quite an increase. I mean, I'm not sure how, if somebody told me my mortgage was going up 30 to 60%, I mean, that is a number that's really hard to deal with. I mean, how, how do your schools fund it? That's the question. That really is the question. <laughs> and then the other side of that conversation, and Luke alluded to this too, is can you hang on to your limits that you already have? So we're looking at those increases and hoping to hang on to our $100 million limit and not have to take a decrease in the limit. Uh, considering we just had Hurricane Michael come through and we spent $60 million of a $100 million limit on two colleges. So it's it's a, a game of rolling the dice at this point. I, I would say I think different schools will deal with this in different ways. So like certain institutions that are that have resources will be able to plan for this. And you know even a percentage increase like, like Chauncey's alluding to can be sustained if you get far enough out in front of that, right? And other schools will start having to make harder decisions between buy or no buy or do I allocate dollars here or there because they're really dealing with more of a finite spend overall. And, you know, one of the strategies that we've always practiced in our system is that when the market is soft, um, we will buy more limit. So as the market starts to firm and harden, we can give away that limit and spend the same amount of dollars. But again, you're, you're a bit of a gamble and you have to get everyone to a certain confidence level and that gets into risk tolerance and risk appetite and all those um, scenarios that you always discuss with your groups. Would you two say that's a common theme? Do other, do other risk managers practice that same strategy? I think that would be a hard conversation to have at our institution. We would always like to hold on to the limits. Um, but what you may have to deal with in these type of renewals is you may be able to keep the same limits, but some of the coverages that are afforded may change a little bit. So a lot of the conversations when you're looking at uh, liability in particular is traumatic brain injury or sexual abuse and molestation. So your overall limits may stay the same, uh, but you can anticipate that there may be some difficulties maintaining the full breadth for all types of coverages under a respective line of coverage. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I know um, in the Ermia world, I mean, our relationships with the brokers and the underwriters uh, are, are critical to what you all do. Can you guys all talk about the how important that relationship is and how you can leverage that through these kind of tough market conditions? Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind is that you don't have to have the conversations alone that we're talking about. Sometimes it helps to have the experts right there with you, whether that's your broker partner or having the insurers come out to the campus and talk with the, the leadership team so that they understand exactly what it is that um, you may be experiencing, especially from their perspective. Um, I think that that's really important. And sometimes that even requires you going to them. So that's kind of a change in position for us as risk managers. A lot of the times we expect perhaps the broker partners to come to us or the insurance partners to come to us. But I think in this market, we have to do something a little bit different, uh, especially to make our case to those insurers and brokers. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, this is the time that universities and schools need to differentiate themselves in terms of risk. And um, I, I can speak only for ourselves. We've really tried to treat our partners fairly over the you know, over the last ten years. So you know, even the, when the market's been soft, we've been hesitant to move coverages or shop around because we want those long-term partnerships to be in place. And so our hope is that since we've treated them fairly um, when the market was on the other side, that they'll do the same. And uh, we can keep those relationships even through what's a, a more difficult cycle. And I agree. I think your broker is a, a big piece of the conversation. Uh, they can certainly give you the data and the background and you know the history and uh, to help set the expectations that you speak to your boards and your individual colleges and or campuses, however uh, you're set up. So, 
Okay. And how about, I mean, talking among yourselves? I mean, is consulting with your peers one of your tips as well? Definitely. Um, you know, but we're all a little bit different. If you're in a big system and you're certainly in an area that's prone like I am, you know, it seems like the conversation goes right to property all the time. <laughs> yeah. you know, when liability becomes secondary where, um, you know, one of my other colleagues here might be able to speak to that. Um, but, you know, certainly the conversations amongst ourselves are always going on. Okay. Yeah, I think it helps to hear what others are dealing with. I think we're all unique and we have different sets of uh, issues that we're trying to resolve, but um, you know, knowing what Chauncey may have experienced three or four months ago will at least help me prepare for some of those themes, um, you know, a few months later. And do you use, I mean, I know, you know, groups like the Big Ten and Friends that I, I've been, I've had the pleasure of attending that, that meeting over the years. I know there are a lot of cohort groups that go on. I mean, are those helpful in these situations where you can bounce, you know, ideas off of like um, institutions? I think so. Sometimes it just helps to understand what others are hearing to make certain that the message is the same and consistent amongst others that may be similar in, uh, you know, in terms of public and private, et cetera. But to a certain extent, you also want to appreciate, like Luke and Chauncey both said, some of the things that make you different as well. And so I think the experience side is one that we can all kind of share in. Yeah, that makes good sense. And another one of your tips is to be flexible. Can you guys all kind of expand on on what that means? Yeah. So in in this market, um, the things that may have worked for you in years past may not in this time frame. And so you always want to be in the position that you allow your institution to to be cool, as Chauncey and I were kind of <laughs> kind of talking about, and and think outside of the box and. Um, just because you had a program structure or worked with an insurer in the past, um, it doesn't mean that that's the same way that it needs to necessarily be in the future. Um, I think being open to uh, new ways and approaches and how you represent, I think you, you also have to be flexible in how you're selling yourself to a certain degree to you know explain what it is that you've done to differentiate yourself, whether it's new policies and procedures you're implementing or the conversations you're having at the institution or enterprise risk management um, is always a good topic to discuss with your insurers about the things that may have an impact to your program may be helpful to sell yourself in a different way. That's really good to know. When when I first started with Ermia a long time ago, and we I first started working on Ermia's insurance renewals, um, Ellen Chu Holland had me really develop like a marketing brochure that I submitted every year with our insurance applications because she said how important it was to market, you know, to get the get the insurer, the broker, the underwriter to really understand who we are and in in Ermia's perspective, maybe how little risk we have um, in comparison. But is that similar to what you do is, I mean, give them like paint a picture of like what your whole program is and all the great risk management programs you have in place that are protecting the institution. Is that my up the right alley there? Well, one of the things that we do, especially when we go to London, we take a placemat and so we can show the London underwriters, you know, what we do on the property side. We also include a little bit of the employee benefit side because they always like to hear about enterprise risk management. So it's a very quick way to tell the story, and plus you can point and guide them the way you want the conversation to go versus the way they want the conversation to go. So it's important to have something that you can talk from as your discussion point piece, and we just call it the placemat. That's really clever. Luke, do you do anything like that? So we've we've done a placemat. London didn't like ours as much as maybe Johnson's, but um, but you know the other thing we've tried to do, we've done over the last couple of years is uh, I, I do my best to deliver the message on behalf of the university, but I think I also know that I'm not the expert in everything, and so for example, last year, uh, given how much of 
concern has been out there in terms of brain injuries and concussions. We took an approach of actually bringing our um, head of sports medicine to the markets in Bermuda and London with us. So kind of let him give the story directly to the insurance markets and let them ask questions about science and medicine that, frankly, I couldn't answer. Uh, and I think that bought them uh, some comfort with kind of what's unique about Northwestern and our programs, but also felt they felt like they were hearing more than they've held, kind of heard otherwise. Um, so it's not something filtered through the media, or I read this in a newspaper article, this person who actually understands the science is telling me kind of what the current state of things are. So um, I, we found that, that we got a lot of bang for that, and uh, uh, you know, our insurance partners really appreciated it. Yeah, and I actually do take one of my operations committee members, which is like a board of trustees, if you will, with me uh, mm -hmm. every year to London, so they get the perspective, and they're usually a CFO from one of the colleges, so they get the underwriters get a perspective from a college individual perspective, plus as someone that serves on the board and what the consortium does and why it's important. And a lot of times the conversation ends up happening more between the underwriter and that person because they're just interested in someone else other than the insurance guy, so to speak. You can also, you know, hit the, the tough discussions head on, especially with regards to claims. Uh, so having those who deal firsthand, whether that's someone from general counsel there to speak to that and show the history and the details behind your program as well. I think they always are interested in learning what we're doing to prevent the, the claims and the risk from happening. But how are you actually responding when those events occur as well? Because that's where they're concerned about where things may funnel up to their layer. So what is your expertise to kind of mitigate before things become a dollar or a cost to them. Wow, that, that's really good. So this might be kind of a naive question. So some of our members, you know, go to London every year and kind of, you know, have those meetings face to face. And then some of our members do not. Um, can you guys just, I mean, educate me on, you know, why that happens? Why not all of our members go to London? Is it, is it a comfort zone? Is it a maturity? Is it an experience thing? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I think um, it, it would depend on your institution. And first of all, you got budget concerns because it's not an inexpensive trip. But for us, it's worthwhile going, especially with the amount of dollars we spend on property alone. But I also will tell you that we also spend the same amount of time with our domestic carriers uh, here in the U.S. We actually have a meeting before we go to London with domestic so we can get a sense of the, what the market's doing here. So if we have to bounce them off one another, we can do that while we're in London and things along that line. So I think it's size of institution and you know, just what your budgetary constraints might be. But if you can go, you should go because, you know, you think about the European markets. They love those face-to-face -face meetings more than anything else, and that will build rapport. And, you know, one of the things that we're hopeful as we move forward is that because we've been going to London now for seven or eight years in a row, we'll be able to at least hold on to capacity if we can afford it. Okay. Sometimes it could be an optics as well. Uh, it may not be the best for your institution, depending on what your budgetary challenges are, to hear that there's a colleague going to London or there's dollars being spent there. And so it may not be the best message for the institution. And that's why, like Chauncey suggested, having meetings here uh, domestically, uh, locally as well, even if it's a video conference, any way to put a, a name and a face together or make anything to differentiate beyond the submissions they're seeing from you know, others in other industry as well. Okay. Very good. Anything to add to that, Luke? No, I think every, again, every institution is a little bit different. You're talking to three that have pretty large risk portfolios at the end of the day and need to kind of scour the world for the uh, amount of capacity that we're all trying to buy. There are absolutely smaller schools or schools that are protected by different kinds of immunity 
that ultimately don't need the same layers okay. of coverage that we do. And so um, it's completely appropriate for some schools to uh, work domestically and buy the limits of coverage that, they're, that they need. Not everyone needs to be kind of trading where we are. And I think your broker can help to assess what may be necessary for your respective institution or to the extent they're coordinating market meetings uh, with others in the area or region, you may be able to benefit from them bringing uh, the markets to you in that regard if that's what's best for your institution. Okay, that totally makes sense. Thank you for answering my naive question. So we're wrapping things up now. Do you guys have any closing comments on, you know, in the market in general, any advice you want to give to fellow Ermians out there? Start early, um, you know, six, seven months in advance, even though it may seem like you just finished wrapping up your last renewal. It's never really too early to start thinking about it and preparing to have the conversation to know what it what it's going to look like the next six, seven months ahead of you. Very good. Yeah, I think also try to map out for your campus leadership kind of a longer term view on this stuff. And so it's easy to view things as kind of 30% year over year is unsustainable. But if you look at it as more of a five or six year uh, window, you might find that there are ways to spread those costs or balance them over time. So I encourage people to take a longer view on some of these decisions versus just the year over year decision making process. And I, again, I think you should also consider a look back. So go back and look what you were paying five, six, ten years ago, and you may not even be paying that premium today because the market has been so soft for so long. So you really have to go back and know your data and be able to tell the story from even several years back to where you are today and what you anticipate. Okay, that's excellent. Well, thanks so much to the three of you for being part of our podcast, Ermia Matters. That'll be a wrap for today. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app. And while you're there, we'd appreciate if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.